Hey, my name is Alex, and this is the Put You On Podcast. This is the podcast where I put you on to new singles, new artists, and all the new releases that I love, and talk about some of the music that I might not love every single week. There's a lot of music out there that doesn't get the attention it deserves, and I'm here to show you that. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Put You On Podcast. I've been thinking of doing this podcast for a while now, and I was really questioning myself whether I should do it or not, but I think now I'm ready to go for it. So I'm really excited to be doing this and starting something new. Um, I'm just going to start with why I'm starting this and what some of my goals are, and then we'll really get right into the good stuff of the, the new singles, the new albums that are out. We're going to be talking about the new real estate single, Thundercat, Robotaki, and a couple albums like Mac Miller, Miramasa, Bombay Bicycle Club, and even that new surprise Eminem album. So yeah, like I said in the intro, there are a ton of artists out there that are making some really incredible music, and I don't think enough people know about them, or maybe they missed it, or something like that. So I'm just trying to create this to really share my favorite stuff that's out there and hopefully get more of a discussion going around some of the incredible music that's being made these days. I've always been someone who wants to share music with others and discuss with others. And I think this may be the best format to do that. So that's really why I started this. I really want to like create a community to discuss music together and to share more music with each other because like you guys and like others, I myself are I'm probably missing tons of good music out there. So maybe you can share with me and then, you know, we can just create like a really good community to really listen to the best music that's out there. Uh, long term, I'm really hoping to to get some interviews with some of my favorite artists or just other small artists and talk about, you know, why they started and they can talk about their new releases and upcoming stuff and what they have planned for the future. So let's just dive right into things. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the new singles that released this week. So the first one that we're going to be talking about is uh, by a band called Real Estate, and the single is called Paper Cup. This is the lead single off their upcoming album that's coming out February 28th, which is in a little over a month from now. So that's a pretty short rollout period, which is kind of exciting that we get it so soon. Apparently, this album has been finished for a while now, and it's just the breaker label has basically been holding on to it this whole time. But I'm glad we're finally going to be getting something new from them. Um, this is a big return for the band, which kind of what seems like a newer sound. They released their last album called In Mind, and it was not so greatly received. I thought it was a little underrated, actually. Um, but yeah, it didn't get a lot of great reception, but I think it, it kind of aged well. However, they've been kind of trying to recapture that nostalgic sound from Days is what it sounds like to me. But this sounds like a really promising single, and I, I really can't wait to hear more. I can't wait to hear the album. Uh, so yeah, that comes out February 28th. The next new single that I was really excited about is another lead single, and it's another return. And this is from Thundercat. It's called Black Qualls. Uh, it features Steve Lacey from the internet, who is always a good feature to have. So yeah, this is just a great funky single. It's got Flying Lotus production, which is always exciting. Something else that's really exciting about this is that the album version is supposed to feature Childish Gambino. So I don't know what to expect from his feature. I don't know how big a role he will play in the album version, but it's always exciting to hear new Childish Gambino stuff. So Thundercat's album is supposed to release on April 3rd. It's got more features from 
one guy named Lewis Cole. He has some really, really cool and funky, jazzy live sessions on his YouTube, like the song F It Up, Thinking, and My Buick. I would really recommend checking those videos out. They're honestly pretty great and also kind of comedic. So if you like that stuff, I would check that out. And speaking of comedic, there's also a feature from Zach Fox, who you might know from his collaboration with Kenny Beats. They had a song called Jesus is the One and in brackets, I Got Depression. And there's one other song that features Ty Dolla Sign and Lil B. So overall, I'm pretty excited for this album. I think Drunk is it was a phenomenal album. It was jazzy, it was groovy, it had, it had a little bit of everything. And obviously, you can't get enough of the Thundercat bass line. So I'm pretty excited for it. It comes out April 3rd. Hopefully, uh, we get another single in the meantime that'll uh, increase the hype a little bit more. For the next single, I'm going to cheat a bit on this one. Uh, since this is the first episode, I didn't get to talk about this single that came out last week. And this is the new single by Tennis. It's called Need Your Love. I just really want to talk about this because it's honestly one of my favorite singles that have already come out this year. Uh, it's just a really fun song. It's got some cool, interesting tempo switches that happen throughout the song, especially during the chorus. The drums are fantastic on this thing. And Elena Moore, the lead singer, she does a really great job with her vocals. And again, this is another lead single off their upcoming album called Swimmer, which releases February 14th in less than a month on Valentine's Day. I'm really looking forward to this one. I actually stumbled upon this song while driving in a car listening to Sirius XM radio. Uh, I actually, this is my introduction to tennis and it couldn't have been a better first impression, honestly. This song is just great. It's really fun. I really recommend it. The next single we're going to talk about is the new 1975 song. It's called Me and You Together Song. I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of this one. It's It kind of sounds like the opening theme song to a TV show from like the early 2000s, late 90s. It's even got that funny fade out at the end of the song that you would expect the episode to start. That's That's really what it reminded me of, honestly. But again, with these guys... You never really know what to expect from them in terms of what the song is going to sound like and what genre they're going to go for. They kind of seem to bounce from genre to genre and you never really know what you're going to get. And this this song's no different. They did announce that they have pushed back their album two months. So it was supposed to release on February 21st, but now it's only releasing on April 24th. And at the same time, they announced a North American tour with support from Phoebe Bridgers and a fellow Dirty Hit artist, uh, Bia Badubi. I hope I got that right. But yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of this one. The 1975 has always been a little hit or miss for me. Unfortunately, this one falls on the miss side. His vocals seem very far back. The song just didn't grip me, but I would, I would recommend still listening to the song and getting your own opinion on it. I'm still going to check out the album when it comes out on April 24th. But for now, this single doesn't really get me excited in any way. I wish they would move in a direction that was similar to Sincerity is Scary, which was off their last album, which I think is probably their best song to date. Uh, yeah, that one's just really, really uplifting. It's it's happy, it gets you in a good mood, and it's not cheesy in any way. The lyrics aren't great. I just wish they would move more in that direction, but who knows? You never really know what these guys, they, they try... Pretty much every single genre you can try so anyway we're going to be moving on to the final single that we'll be talking about and this is another lead single it's by robotaki and it's called Dreamcatcher. 
It's off his debut album called The Grand Mirage. Uh, I'm extremely excited for this. Robotaki is an artist who I've followed for a long time. I've seen him live at least five times. And this song, it's a, it's a banger. It's kind of a summary type song. There are a ton of sounds packed into this. There's some crazy soundscapes, especially in the bridge of this song. There's He uses his flute, which he actually uses live, which is really cool, something that I've never really seen another artist do, especially an electronic artist. This song features vocals by Miko, and he does a really fantastic job because the vocals really shine on this thing. I'm really excited to see what this album's about because on his last EP called Anachronism, which he released in 2019, he kind of seemed to be experimenting with vocals and new strong structures and different sounds. So I'm excited for what is to come. I have no idea when this album is releasing, but hopefully it's pretty soon. It's releasing on Foreign Family Collective, which is Odeza's record label. If you've heard of them, I'm sure you have. They're one of the bigger mainstream electronic acts out there. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. So that does it for all the singles. And we're going to be moving into albums. And the big album that released this week was Mac Miller's Circles. Going into this, I kind of already knew that this was obviously going to be hard to listen to. Just what happened to him is absolutely tragic and incredibly sad. When Good News came out, which was the only single that released, even that like made me tear up. So... I was expecting a tearjerker of an album, and that's almost exactly what we got. However, there are quite a few bright spots on this album. The first one that comes to mind would be Blue World, and that sample use really is fantastic. The production on this song is unreal. They have that barbershop jazz quartet kind of intro, and then they just chop up the vocals almost in a Disclosure-esque way. This song just makes you want to groove to it. It's a phenomenal song through and through. It's danceable. It's fun. And yeah, it's personally one of my favorites on the entire thing. Another favorite was Everybody, which is a cover of Arthur Lee's 1972 single called Everybody's Gotta Live. But given the context of the album, the song is honestly a little quite sad where Max says, everybody's gotta live. Everybody's gonna die. Everybody's gonna try to have a good time. And, you know, given the situation, it's just a bit of a sad cover, even though it's a fantastic song. Which brings me to the next big standout, which is Woods, which could actually probably be the best song on the album, and even one of his best in his entire discography. The song is just beautiful front to back, with tons of different instruments and big synths layered throughout the entire thing, especially at the end. You have that nice synthy outro. And Mac really comes through singing again, which brings me to a major point of this album, which is that this album never really enters true rapping territory. Instead, he opts for more of a singer-songwriting approach that reminds me of the Beatles a lot. The album was meant to be a counterpart to Swimming, so it, it does make a lot of sense that he was taking this album in a new direction to really balance out what Swimming was, and really just makes you wonder, you know, what direction he was taking his music and where he was going to go with it, because this is very different from what he's done in the past. Even though it it still sounds, you know, very Mac Miller. The last song I really want to touch on is the closing track called Once a Day, and this really is the absolute tearjerker of the album, to say the least. Mac is singing once again, and the lyrics are personal. It's very heartbreaking to listen to. This was the song that really got to me made me tear up quite a lot when I first listened to it. And I think even the producer, uh, John Brian, 
had mentioned that he was bawling his eyes out when he was listening, and I really don't blame him. I think if anyone was in that same situation, they would be doing the exact same thing. And the song even kind of abruptly ends almost in a way to mirror his life. And uh, yeah, overall, this album is just, it's heartbreaking, but it's beautiful. And I think that's the best way to describe this album. I'm honestly surprised we got so many tracks off it too. He must have been really close to finishing this album with all the verses that he has recorded and I'm really happy that we got this album in the first place, you know. There's a lot of posthumous albums that come out that aren't exactly done for the right reasons, but I'm glad Max family and producers and close friends, you know, they, they did it the right way. I think, like they said, he would have wanted this record out in the world. And, you know, I'm going to be listening to this and I'm sure people are going to be dissecting this album for a while. But yeah, in the end, I'm just I'm just very happy we got it. Moving on to the next album, we actually have the big return from Bombay Bicycle Club, and the album is called Everything Else Has Gone Wrong. This is their first album in six years since 2014's release of So Long, See You Tomorrow. The band actually went on hiatus for a while after that album. Uh, They did a couple solo projects um, where the lead singer Jack had his project called Mr. Jukes, which this album kind of sounds like it got a bit of inspiration from. But honestly, nothing beats these guys together. And before I even get started talking about this album, I think we need to talk about the artwork that has been done. And it was done by an artist named Maria Medem. And she's just done a fantastic job with these beautiful covers for the singles. And even the album artwork is just gorgeous. Anyway, let's just jump into the album. I'm very happy these boys are back together making music. They are one of my favorite bands from you know high school that I used to listen to a lot. And this album is nothing short of another fantastic addition to their discography. When I first heard the lead single, Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You, I was already hopping on the hype train. I was so excited for this project. I was so happy these guys were back making music together. Uh, They ended up releasing, I think, five singles. I listened to the first three, which were, like I said, Eat, Sleep, Wake. They released the title track, Everything Else Has Gone Wrong. And they also released Racing Stripes which is actually the closing track on the album, which is also a very, very beautiful song. They released two more singles after that. The first one was called I Can Hardly Speak, and the second one is called Is It Real? I actually ended up avoiding the last two singles that they released because I wanted to leave a bit more for when I listened to the full album. I'm very glad I did because the two tracks are big standouts along with the rest of the singles. But don't get me wrong, this album basically has no filler on it. Front to back, I loved listening to this. There are songs like People People, Do You Feel Loved, Let You Go. They're all really fantastic, and I would truly recommend listening to this album front to back. I think this album is already a big standout for me for the you know, early contender for album of the year. Even though it's only January, this will probably be in the back of my mind all the way when December comes when I'm trying to think of my you know favorite albums I listened to this year this will probably be one of them even though they took six years off they really didn't miss a beat and they had mentioned in their ask me anything that they had hosted that they wouldn't make another album together unless they thought it stood up to the rest of their discography and I think they achieved that this record really just sounds like they're continuing from where they left off from their last album so long see you tomorrow Jack had said that they thought they tried to do too much on that album, which, you know, I can agree at some point it, it is a little all over the place, but I still think that album's amazing. But yes, this one is definitely much more concise 
It has a lot of interesting percussion use, especially in I Worry About You. The instrumentals all around are gorgeous and layered with tons and tons of different instruments. It's got that jangly Indian sound in some of them that they tried with with their last album. But yeah, they said this album is, you know, about how music can provide in times of need. And that's really what this album brought me, which was comfort. And it just brought me joy to listen to this. I truly, truly recommend this album. Like I said, it's probably going to be one of my favorites. It's a near perfect album for me. The next interesting album that we're going to be talking about is the new Miramasa album called Raw Youth Collage. And I really wasn't sure where he was going to go with this one. The first single, which was called I Don't Think I Can Do This Again, which featured Claro, really dictated where this album was going to be. It's very, very different from what he's done in the past. On this single and on a lot of the album, it's very influenced by, you know, British punk artists kind of like Blur and The Streets. It reminds me of a lot. But then he released his next single called No Hope Generation, and that one was a bit of a miss for me. It didn't really have anything that stuck with me. But then he comes out with a song with Slow Tie called Deal With It, and um, that song really did stand out for me, and it's also one of my favorites on the album. It really just makes me want to run around, honestly, kind of like what happens in the music video. But yeah, his work with Slow Tie is always on point. He had his song called Doorman, which was featured on Slow Tie's own album, which was also a banger. Moving on, he has this weird interlude track called A Meeting at an Oak Tree. And personally, I think it's a bit of a weird inclusion, but at the same time, it really goes along with the theme of this album that your teenage years can be weird. They can be adventurous and they can, you know, they can be raw. And the album title is extremely appropriate. I think this album is titled perfectly because it really describes what the album's about. One of the new changes from this album from his self-titled is that there's a lot of singing from him throughout. And it's something he, you know, he began and he experimented with on his self-titled, but he never really dived into too much. But this one, he's featured a lot and his vocals are given this strong distortion effect. And honestly, it sounds really good. I think he's done it in a tasteful way. It doesn't sound too weird and it really goes with the sound of the album. One of the songs called Vicarious Living Anthem it has this really great guitar riff that reminds me of the strokes almost. Another interesting song was In My Mind, where it has this really cool, almost tech or early rave bass line in the chorus. And even some of the vocals on that track are kind of reminiscent of a Tame Impala song. Next, there are a couple big standouts that, you know, end the album. We have Today, which acts almost as the break, which has this lo-fi sound. It's got this great acoustic guitar layered throughout the track. And... It does serve as a big break in the album, and then the rest of the album finishes pretty strong with my favorite personal track, which is Live Like We're Dancing with Georgia. It has this really nice intro with some great piano chords, and it's actually the first real quote-unquote dance track. It does sound different from the rest of the album, but at the same time, it does feel like this track belongs on this album. And the last big standout is uh, Teenage Headache Dreams, which was one of his last singles. And although this was the second to last song on the album, it feels like it's the grand conclusion to this album. It has this big soaring outro with tons of guitars layered and vocals layered on it. And it's, yeah, honestly, this is probably one of my favorite songs on the album as well. In general, he did take a very different direction on this album than his previous self-titled 
I think that was easily seen through the singles he released. You can tell this was going to be different. You weren't going to have that lovesick song with ASAP Rocky or One Night with Charlie XCX or those more dancey tracks. This was definitely more experimental. If you were into his last album, I'm not sure how welcoming you're going to be to this one, but I do recommend, you know, giving this a try, seeing if you like it. I don't know if it'll be for everyone, but I do think it, it surprised me with actually how good it was. I was a little worried going into it, but it surprised me that it, it's, it is concise. Um, there's lots of British punk influence. I'm honestly surprised he didn't make this album under a different alias. I'm not surprised he didn't considering, you know, he's he blew up after his last album came out. I think it's going to be really interesting to follow Miramasa in the future to see if he's going to continue with this British punk influence or if he's going to go back to his old sounds with the tropical dance stuff. But I, I really have to give him credit for making something totally different from the past and maybe going for something that he loves and, you know, what brings him joy. If I were to recommend any standouts from the album, it would definitely be I Don't Think I Can Do This Again with Claro. I would say Deal With It with Slow Tie. Live Like We're Dancing with Georgia and Teenage Headache Dreams with Ellie Rosell and also features Wolf Alice. The last album that we're going to be covering was the surprise album drop from Eminem titled Music To Be Murdered By. And you know, this album, while it's not absolutely terrible, there's not a lot of it that's memorable. And as is tradition with an Eminem album, we get some very questionable bars. On Unaccommodating, he says, I'm contemplating yelling bombs away on the game like I'm outside of an Ariana Grande concert waiting. And honestly, that's just a big yikes for me. You know, I get it. He's Eminem. He likes to say what's on his mind and he doesn't really care what anyone else thinks. But after what happened at her concert, you know, like, why would you even say that? Like, that's just... Oh, God, I don't even know what to think of that line. Even the Manchester mayor commented on it saying that it's unnecessarily hurtful and deeply disrespectful to the families and all those affected, which it's hard not to agree with him here because that's really what it is. It's just disrespectful for like a tragedy that happened and you're kind of playing on that. And I don't know, man, playing playing on tragedies is just not something I'm going to agree with ever. And then on those kind of nights, it's just a little weird and has some very creepy, almost rapey lines all over it. And then Ed Sheeran is featured on this just randomly for some reason. Uh, the one high note was Godzilla. Um, and that ending of his classic, you know, super speed rapping is insane as usual. He might not be saying much on this, but, you know, it's still impressive to hear someone do that for what, whatever it was. It was like a minute of him spitting crazy fast bars, which is very impressive. And then there's also Darkness, which is another bright spot. It's kind of similar to Stan. Eminem does a really great job storytelling on this. But other than that, there weren't too many standouts for me personally. Maybe if you're a big Eminem fan, you're going to like this more than I will. But yeah, it just didn't strike me as anything, you know, memorable or very good at all. There are songs like Yeah Yeah, which is just a little annoying. And I think Stepdad might be one of the worst rap songs I've heard in recent memory. It's just a terrible song. Like the hook on this thing is abysmal of him yelling, I hate my stepdad. I don't know how he could have made this and no one could tell him, you know, it's just not very good. And it, I think Eminem has a big issue when he's writing songs that have, you know, that feature hooks. Marsh is another one that has another hook that is just not good. 
I'd honestly just rather him spit verses without even having a hook or just get a feature to sing the hook for him. Uh, the perfect example of that would be Lock It Up with Anderson Pack, who, you know, everything Anderson Pack touches kind of turns to gold, but he at least can sing a good memorable hook with a lot of charisma. Anderson Pack has tons of experience, you know, writing with Dr. Dre and rapping or singing on Dr. Dre beats from his Oxnard album. And yeah, other than, you know, Lock It Up, that might be the last relevant song on this thing. The album isn't, you know, absolutely, you know, zero out of 10 terrible, but it's just not very memorable. Like I said, big Eminem stands might enjoy most of this album, but personally, this album just doesn't really do anything for me. I barely had the will to get through to the end of it. It is quite a long listen. It's about an hour and four minutes. And that much Eminem for that long gets a little tiresome, to be honest. But yeah, the album probably would have benefited if it was cut down to about 12 tracks. Instead, it's 20, including an intro and an outro. I think this thing would have really benefited from just being trimmed down and, you know, cutting off the filler tracks like Stepdad or Marsh or Yeah Yeah. I really do think those just could have been left off the album and we would have been in a much better place. And that concludes everything that I had to say for this week on new releases, new singles, and new albums. This was a particularly busy week with a lot of releases that were really good. I'm hoping 2020 continues at this pace, even though that's a little unlikely. However, some of the singles that I was talking about today are from albums that are releasing in the first quarter of the year or the first, you know, four months of the year. So we already have plenty to look forward to from those singles from Thundercat, Real Estate, Tennis, the 1975, and whenever that Robotaki album is releasing. So yeah, looking forward to reviewing those whenever they come out. And uh, that concludes the first ever episode of the Put You On podcast. Looking forward to doing more. Hey, just wanted to thank you for listening to the Put You On podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can keep up to date for all the future episodes by following me on Instagram and Twitter by following at PutYouOnPod. You can also send me new music that you might like through there, and it might get included in future episodes. See you next time.